It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey everyone, this is the Flowtrack Podcast. I'm Kevin. He is Gordon. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. This is the Wednesday show, middle of the week. Had the day off yesterday from podcasting. Gordon, tomorrow though, there'll be a Flowtrack Podcast reacting to the Oslo Diamond League, 3 p.m. Central Time, uh, which I'm excited to bring you tomorrow. Um, so we'll preview that meet. Talk about world lead in the 800 and do uh, do some internet coach update. We got some updates from some previous people who wrote in and also some new people who want some advice. Can't believe still people are asking for advice from us. No, you I understand, but from me, I appreciate it. It doesn't make sense in my head, but hey, I guess uh, it is on the internet for a reason, I guess. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in this next round of internet coaching. But yeah, I'm excited for another weekend of track. Can't believe. I feel like we've only had like 24-hour break, and now we're already getting ready for another big meet. And Just the season is in full motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then you got Paris Diamond League on Saturday. And then before you know it, it's, it's USA's next week. I think we're flying out this time next week for USA's. Well, if I'm not mistaken. And Jamaican trials yeah. as well. Yeah. I'm actually, I didn't tell you this. I'm going to Jamaican trials. Oh, you are? I'm going to go with you. I'm going with, yeah, it's going to be like the end of a rom-com. Like, where there's going to be a dramatic scene at the airport. You go one direction, I go to the other. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I've been to Eugene enough. I'm going to Kingston. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's start with this well, men's 800. Has yeah, the men's sweet. 800 been reinstated? Is my question to you. Has it been reinstated as a world championship event after what happened in Turku yesterday at the Continental Tour? Um, no, not yet. But hold, hold on. What was the rule? I thought all we needed was a world lead. We got a world lead. That is true. That is all we needed. But <laughs> I want a little more. Max can run the event. Right now, okay, This the event is back. But right now, only... Max Bergen is invited to go to the event. So basically, we need to work our way on inviting the full field. So we can have the event. Sahafi can come as well. Sahafi and Bergen, right now it's a dual meet. It's a dual meet right now. And hopefully, in the next few weeks, it will blossom into a full-fledged world championship event. But yeah, Max Bergen, man. We were looking at the fields before this race started. And I was like, maybe this is one of those good 800s. And Bergen mm-hmm. uh, went for it. He went with the pacer. The pacer went out in about 49 low. And mm-hmm. Bergen just latched right on, held on for dear life, and was able to put together one of his best runs he's ever had as in his young career. Again, he's only 20 years old. Held on after the 49 opening 400 and was able to close well and finish in 143. Is a 20-year-old Max Bergen from Great Britain the world favorite now? I think it's still Wanyani of Kenya who just beat him in Ostrava. But I like the confidence that Bergen is showing. This is the second race in a row where he really went for it. In Ostrava, on that backstretch, remember? With 300 to go, he really kept the pace going. And I think he used that similar tactic in in this race. He's running very confidently. I mean, you said one of the best races in his career. PB for him. I mean, 143.5 is is pretty good in, in a race like that. And in a year like that, that could be that could be medal worthy. I mean, 2021, he only ran one race, right? And he ran European U20 record, 144. Um, 2020, he ran a 144. So even though he's 19, he's been consistently 
144, and even 145 back in, in 2019. I mean, he's been running really fast from a young age. So the 142, or sorry, the 143.5 follows a pretty logical progression. And again, just the way he ran this thing, he didn't just sit there and wait for it to happen. He, he made it happen, which gives me hope in the 800. Gives me hope. I will say I was happy for the 800 in general because I have been shitting on that event all year long. And I can't just – if they're going to do something honestly great, I have to appreciate it. So I do appreciate what Bergen did. I appreciate them going with the rabbit. Um, but, you know, it's just they've hurt me so much with all these other potential big 800-meter runs and not getting a lot. But we did get one. It is just one, but we did get one, and let's hope we get a few more, especially as we head into uh, international championship season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this one didn't have as many people in it. So remember he got pushed at the beginning of the Ostrava 800. Might have impacted him a bit, and he didn't have that sort of situation in, in this race. So, yeah, good run from Bergen. Maybe this just event is just going to peak late. It's going to lull us to sleep, and then it's going to get really good over the last last month. Because remember, as we talked about before, literally anybody can win this race. If you qualify for the World Championships, if and, you know, at its current status, anybody could win. You can go through and list all the people who could win the World Championship. Eight hundred. Um, checking on the chat here. All in the game says, what's going on with Brazier? Hasn't raced since Doha over a month. I don't know. I don't know. Let me check in on his Instagram. See what he's been posting. Usually he posts like gardening stuff or fishing stuff. Very rarely running related. But maybe that would give us an idea of what Donovan Brazier is up to. Um, remember, he's got the buy, so he doesn't need to run. Actually, he hasn't posted anything since January 25th. So that's even more outdated. And the story, you know, you can't you can't see an archive of the story. So the thing is, we can say, oh, they have the buy, it's okay. But the buy is not, doesn't get you that much more. It gets you into the meat, but it doesn't buy you that much more time because the world championships are in mid-July. What's your concern level for Brazier as a, as a Brazier fan yourself? It's 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 high. It's up there. The only reason why it kind of makes sense, though, to like trust it is that he doesn't need a peak at all for USA's. So maybe he is fine, but he's he's like just going to cruise through these next two weeks, and he's going to pull a a crazy season where he is like not revealing his true fitness until the actual world championships, which is, you know, a risky proposition because the 800 is a hard event and you don't mm -hmm. just show up to the 800 and run well. You have to, like, get some reps in. But, you know, he is an elite athlete. He's one of the best in the world, and this might be something he can handle. And not, not too long ago, he did run a fast 600, for whatever that means. He ran a fast 600 back in the indoor season. You don't run that type of 600 if you're a 148, 800-meter runner. Like, you have to show that yeah. you can run in the 144, 143s if you run a whatever he ran, 113. No, what, what, not 113. What did he run in the in the 600? I don't I'm know. stretching my knowledge here with, with indoor 600 times. I want to say it was yeah. around there, though. Yeah. 14? 14? 14, 14 13, I don't no, know. No, you're right. 113.97. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Trust yourself, man. I should trust. Believe myself. in yourself when it comes to eight hundreds or six hundred okay. conversions. So that one race that he did back in January, February is my only like. Okay, he hasn't lost it. So it's clearly some weird glitch in his health that's causing this absence, and we just have to cross our fingers and find out. At you know, in a few weeks' time. Because I think he's going to have to show up at USA's and run at least a round, right? 
Yeah. So I put a lot of stock in that indoor 600, probably too much. And now I feel a little silly. And I feel like that indoor 600 got replaced by the Doha race because that is the actual distance and it's a more recent performance. And that did not look good. That did not go well. And you have to assume that if things were going the way they wanted it to, he would have raced at some point in the last month. May not have been in a big race, may not have been at a Diamond League, but he would have hopped in something, even if it was just local. And even if yeah. it was off distance, maybe he runs a 1500, maybe he runs a 400. But not seeing him, I don't think, I mean, that's obviously not a good sign. The truest test would have been if Pre had a men's 800. Because, as you know, you're Nike you athlete. Have to run free. I have to run free, and that's the that's the the line in the sand that I draw with. Hey, is this person healthy? Or are they just waiting? But I don't think the plan was go run in Doha, and then not race for another month plus. The good news for him is the event the event has not moved on from him. That's the good news. Yeah, and it is weird because after that Doha race, he did like show like a sense of confidence in that post race interview. Yeah, he was yeah. like believing, like you know, that was just like a, a weird race, and that the next one's gonna be better, and he's ready to go, and everything is normal. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls out of the next race, and we haven't seen him since. So, but yeah, he was said, know, said he was running Birmingham, and then came back. He also tried to qualify in the men's four hundred, and then scratched that to do the four by four. So the whole season's been, been weird. Good, yeah. Yeah, that's my point. The whole thing's been weird. Yeah, Donovan Brazier has had the weirdest season of them all. Like, it, it, it's very weird. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk Oslo because it's tomorrow, so we can't wait much longer. I think the marquee event, the marquee athlete, the athlete that I'm most interested in seeing is Devin Allen now. And it's not because of my NFC East future bets. It's because the guy ran 1284. And I want to see what he does now, especially after a long flight, getting all the way over there. Um, solid field, McLeod, Martinez, Mallet, Velocien, Pereira. There's some talent in this field. Jason Joseph. There's not Holloway. There's not Hansel Parchment. There's not Trey Cunningham. So those guys are missing. But this is a solid field. So. Does he win and run 13-1-5? Does he get beat for whatever reason? Or does he possibly match or get somewhere near the 1284? I was talking about this last night on the other pod that I do, House of Run. Jason, my co-host, and I said, if he goes sub-13 in this race again, he's a favorite for Worlds. He has to be considered the favorite for Worlds if he's sub-13 on a, on a quick turnaround race after beating Holloway in the margin that, by the margin that he beat Holloway. You agree? Yeah, I mean, anything under thirteen is like okay that you're turning a, not a fluke race, but like a surprise race into a consistency, and then that's that's even harder to beat. I think the yeah. likely outcome is we're gonna get a win that's like thirteen eleven, a thirteen eleven mm-hmm. win would be the likely outcome. I think. The two weird outcomes or unexpected would be a loss. Because it's like, dude, how do you lose now? You run 1284. You're not going to lose to these 13, 10 guys. That would be weird. And then also another weird result would be him breaking 13 again, having another 12, 9, 12, 8 type race. And then you're like, all right, we need to recalibrate <laughs> this whole Grant Holloway is the future of the men's 110 yeah. because Devin Allen is just coming in and trying to grab that throne right before our eyes. Yeah, right before he pieces out. Yeah, right before he leaves. I wouldn't be surprised with the loss. I'll say that. If 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 it's like really bad, if he gets fifth or something, then I would say that's more of an out. But if he goes, you know, 13-1-5 and loses to McLeod, I think you can chalk that up to, all right, tough turnaround. Or he hits, you know, hits a hurdle or something like that. I agree with you, though, The another 12-8, 12-9 outlet performance. I'd even say if he wins and goes 13-0-1, it's hard to argue that he's not the favorite after that. He's entered in Paris, too, on Saturday. So there's a possibility that by next week, we're talking about 
Allen on a three-race win streak with three incredible times. Meanwhile, you look at Holloway's resume for 2022. Outdoors? Indoors, it was great. Outdoors was thin. It already was thin. And then he said he's not racing again until USA's. So again, no one's discounting Grant Holloway, which I know that's how this would get spun, right? We're going to have another situation where it's like, I proved everybody wrong. No one believed that I could do it. Well, if you have one guy who goes 1284, beats the number one guy, and then runs two more insanely fast times, you just, you know, you have to pick him. You have to say he's the favorite at that point. doesn't yeah. mean he's a huge favorite, but you'd have to say that he is deserving of that that top ranking just because the other person hasn't done it this outdoor season. And the one time they raced, the other person won by a sizable margin. I was thinking about how many U.S. athletes are going to run in this Oslo Diamond League and the Paris Diamond League with USA's being in basically 10 days in a week, or I guess seven days now. And then I was realizing, wait, Devin Allen, he trains in Eugene? Does he, does he train in Oregon? No, he's out in, he's out in Maryland, I think. He's out in, oh, he's in Maryland. Maryland. Oh, then this yeah. changes the whole thing. Because I was thinking, oh, going home is going to Oregon, so therefore it's not – Going to USA's isn't another trip. It's basically your reset base station, but that fake completely wrong because he trains in Maryland. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It is kind of, it's going to be a lot of turnaround, man. You're on, you're traveling to Europe and then you're going to get on a plane and go to Eugene, another different time zone. Yeah. And, you know, it, you got to focus on these USA trials because he has one bad race. The matter you're on 1284, you're not on the team, you know, so. Well, he's coached by Jamie Cook, who coaches at Navy. So he's working out at Navy. And I don't know, you can tell me from the football perspective, like he's doing the football stuff, right? Like with, like, is he checking in with the team at this point? He talked about OTAs in the post-race interview. Yeah, OTAs I think are over. Um, okay. So I don't think he needs to check in with the team until back to uh, training camp, which would be August. But that was probably another reason to be based in the East Coast. Yeah. Because... But yeah, he he's been he's been there since 2020, I think. I mean, he was in he was in Arizona training for a while, which is where he Wait, OTAs was Jan, June 14th to 16th? No, that, that's it. That, that's it. Oh, okay. I was going to say that I might, hear a lot about a thing that only happens for 3 days. <laughs> 3 days, that's it. He's right, he's not going to probably have to go to that because he's given an exceptions because they understand he's a professional track and field athlete. And so I'm sure they worked out a deal like, Hey, what's your schedule? Like, okay. USA's we can't, you know, I think the Philadelphia Eagles know who they signed. They signed the guy who's actively running in the pro circuit. So I'm sure he yeah. has an exception. We have the possibility of an amazing high hurdle race at USA's. And I know there's some question, Hey, is Grant going to go all the way through to the finals? I think he is just because I think he wants that title and he wants to get that win back. But don't forget what Trey Cunningham did at NCAAs with the 13 flat. So you have a, a 13 flat or, you know, a 1281 from Holly last year and a 1284 from Allen. Like that's, it's going to be an awesome race yes. no matter how you slice it. And now if I was taking the Gordon Mack perspective, I'd say, Hey, could Holly get third? It could happen. Yeah. I mean, Trey's Trey hasn't shown any weakness this year at all. Uh, someone in the chat wants us to over-under. What, what, over-under on his time. And let's just say Oslo for now. I'd say set the over-under at 13.07 and a half. 13.07 and a half. And a half. Okay, good. You, you I don't want no pushes. Do I don't no want push. no pushes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. What are you taking? Gotcha. The over or under on 13.07 and a half. For Allen or the winner? For Allen. I'll go over. It obviously way more exciting if it's the under, but I'll go I'll go over. But that's a good number. Because I, I think, as I said, you know, sub-13, you're obviously going to say, all right, number one ranking goes to Devin Allen. But if it runs 13.06, that's still pretty damn good, considering all that's been going on. Uh, 
All right, that's the line. That's the official line. Uh, wow, everybody's going under. I mean, they just saw 1284. They just saw 1284. I'm going to go under. I'm going to be a genius or I'm going to be – I'm betting on the Oslo weather. I haven't looked it up, but I feel like Oslo weather will, will help me here. It's a long flight. That's a long flight. I guess it's coming from the East Coast. All right. Other race I'm watching in Oslo. The Dream Mile. Probably one of the best named events in track and field. I'm going to say that. Speaking of the the name Dream Mile, this race literally is a dream for Akbak, for Charles Grethen, for Katir, for Kip Rugat, for Whiteman. No, no, not Whiteman. And for... uh, Zelenki of Ethiopia, Zelenki of Ethiopia, because they've never run a mile before. So this is their dream. Mm. They get to run their first PB. ever mile because they have no lifetime PVs. So this yeah. is a dream that is coming true for four of these athletes or five of these athletes. Mm-hmm. Jakob, obviously the favorite racing at home. Or ran really well at pre-classic. Man, what a what an upset this would be if Oliver Hor could beat Jakob at home. Don't know about the home track advantage metrics in track and field. Haven't looked up the advanced stats in that, but I, I think Jakob is is going to win this thing. Katir, I'm interested in because he seems like he has all the potential in the world, but it's a bit all over the place in his results. And Whiteman's run really well this year. Gorley just picked up the the standard. How do you see this one going? In my mind, it's a dual meet between Ingebrigtsen and Hoare. Oliver Hoare, though, man, like, I think he needs to he needs to time when he surprises the world. And I feel like <laughs> if he were to win this race, it would not be good for his world championship medal potential. I mean, world championship oh, gold a, potential. So I think he needs take. to make sure he doesn't win the race. Coming. You got to save your wild win for the world championships, not for Oslo Diamond League. So if you feel like you have it, hold back. And no, finish that. Like, let Ingelbertson have, like, all right, I'm still the guy. Still the king of the 1500. Let him have it. But you know, over these four weeks, you have a little secret. And that secret is you usually would have won and then you unleash it in the world championship final and you catch him by surprise. Because if he had, if Ingebrigtsen mm. has this momentum, this mojo, hundred meters to go and he's in the lead, he's going to be like, no one's catching me. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm good. Smooth sailing, another goal. So you, you give him false hope of optimism. That's what you do, Oliver Hoare. Run for second. That's my... Free coaching advice for all of them. So in order to win gold, you must first lose in Oslo. Yes. That's Gordon's advice. Yeah, that's terrible advice. I like how you're thinking beating Ingebrigtsen would be a bad thing. Let's give him false hope, the guy who's the number one ranked miler in the world. I think he's got a lot of hope already. I don't think that'll change it at all. Uh, I disagree with you. I think he's trying to win because that would be a huge moment in his – career and it would be a step up because right now he's in that group of guys we think of as as challengers but he hasn't done it yet and i think the more people who beat ingebrigtsen which what this year is just tefera indoors right and then obviously cherry has beat him a bunch and beat him at the end of last year so i'll i'll count him in that as well but the more people who beat him I think the confidence builds within the group around them that, hey, this guy, we can get this guy, even though Ingebrigtsen seems to be just getting better and better every year. But this is going to be a tall order at home. And they run similar types of races too. Like they both are not afraid of leading and pushing from far out. So I think that neutralizes Hor's ability to win a bit just because you think, well, there's no style of race that can develop. It's like giving him uh, a clear advantage because because they're pretty similar, just in terms yeah. of the type of race that they want. But yeah, I think he should try to win the race. That's usually my philosophy. I'm gonna hold down 
with my philosophy, I think you should try to lose the race. You should try to win in your head, but lose physically. You know, set yourself up for the surprise of the century in Eugene four weeks from now. Still go out and run well, run your 349. So you show that, you know, you're not, don't go out there and run 401, whatever, but. Yeah. I mean, that, what, what do I, that would be interesting. <laughs> just, just get the win. So he knows you're beaten, but then jog the last 10 and have him pass you. <laughs> give yeah. away the money in the fast time. Yeah, give away the money. All right, that's not going that's not going to happen. Women's eight. You got Keely Hodgkinson, Natoya Gould, Laura Muir, Gemma Riki, Halima Nakai. Hodgkinson, without Mo in there, is the clear favorite. We want to see Mo versus Hodgkinson. But in the meantime, we're getting pretty solid races of Mo versus everybody but Hodgkinson and Hodgkinson versus everybody but Mo. There's some names missing here, but this is a pretty good, pretty good field. Um, a lot of one question for you. you know, 157s, 158s. Sure. What's your question? Is there anything Hodgkinson could do in this race that would make you think a thing Mo is vulnerable? How fast would Hodgkinson's have to Hodgkinson have to run in this race for you to be like, watch out, a thing Mo? Because even if she would run 156, you'd be like, a thing Mo's fine, right? 55 would be my number. So she ran 155. You 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 think Mo would be worried or not worried? Yeah. You she wouldn't no, be worried, no. but you would be worried for the chance of her losing. I would, yeah, that would increase, obviously. Because if, if she can run 155 now, my thought process would be, well, in the championship, she could go 154, which is faster than a thing Mo can go. Now, I think a thing Mo can go faster, yeah, obviously. Yeah, right? <laughs> but that's she hasn't done it yet. So you're, you're at least putting some pressure on her. Well, when Mo ran 157 in Rome, she looked so easy in that race. And to me, because we hadn't seen her in a bit, I thought Hodgkinson was, you know, this mythical gap was maybe closed by closing just a, a tiny bit just because we hadn't seen Mo in a bit and Hodgkinson looked good at pre. But Mo looks to be in 155 shape. So if Hodgkinson is runs an actual 155, then I would say, all right, that swings it back. She'd still be the favorite, Mo would be, but that would be the number that she would have to hit. If she goes 156, I think it's just, okay, awesome, good result, but nothing changes. Fair enough. I agree with that. I think Healy would need to run 154 for me to believe that a thing Mo is Whoa. vulnerable. Wow. Yeah. That's that's, how, that shows that, how good I think that's a thing aggressive. Mo. That's aggressive. But I think, I think, I think she'd be happy with the 56. 55 is where I would see it start to move, and then 54 would be a whole nother. Okay. That's emergency yep. podcast territory. Well, I guess we are recording a podcast after that. So. That's me screaming about it in the open territory. <laughs> I don't know. Woo. All right. What else do we got in Oslo? The women's five is good. We can just run through a couple of these. Gede, Sagai, Worku, Klosterhofen, Ayana's around and back. Uh, Alicia Monson is in the on the start list, the last I checked. Colgan. Four hurdles. Obviously, we're missing a guy who's from Norway, <laughs> which is a bummer in uh, – in Carson Warholm, because we would have seen Dos Santos v. Warholm, which, I mean, that stinks. Although he post, I saw he posted on social media yesterday or today, which I think that's a good sign. I think your likelihood of competing, one if you have an injury, is directly related to how much you're posting on Instagram. Although he just posted a picture of himself sitting on a bench in a weight room. It's a selfie. It's like a it's like a typical gym selfie. Pull up, uh, pull this up. It's Kay Warholm on Instagram. Look at this awesome generic gym selfie that he posted. And what do you think this tells us about um, whether or not his hamstring is okay? I mean, he's not not posting, which is good. But this is like you when you go to the gym now. It's like the pictures. Actually, you take a picture of the boxes that you jump over. Yeah. I hope he's better. Is that the face was, of, oh, shit, guys, it's not looking good? Or is that the face of, I'm good? What's that well, he's not, he's not on a treatment table. I mean, he's on a 
weight bench it looks like but it's not it's not like his hamstrings wrapped up i'm looking to see if someone in the comments asked about it also ooh i'm i just did an analysis okay so look at this photo right look at his feet if you're sitting down while Wait, watching wh- this podcast oh hold on hold on hold on no 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 i got better analysis what's the geotag no. say he's in germany he's probably with healing hands he's probably with with bolts guy yeah he's in germany this okay. is both not good and good. Yeah, but let me let me. Uh, so we know he's in Germany with Bolt, not with Bolt, with the Bolt's healer. Bolt's guy. But look at his yeah. feet, okay? Let's zoom in on the feet. I'm just trust me on this. Bring it up. Bring up the video. Bring, bring up the photo, and we're gonna zoom in on the feet. Cool. Okay. This is about to get. So scary. notice that he's on his toes, right? Okay. If you're sitting down right now, Kevin. You're yeah. sitting down. Go on your toes with your feet right now. What happens yeah. to your hamstring when you do that? It tightens up like, a bit. Tight, it tightens up a bit. Yeah. If he was, if it was not good, he would not be doing that with his toes. He would keep his feet, heels <laughs> on the ground, keep his hamstring relaxed. But right now he is activating his hamstring by being on his toes. Mm-hmm. And if you have a, a, a severe problem, you wouldn't be doing that with your legs so i look at this as he's fine because he's currently in a position that would be not friendly to someone with a hamstring injury that is my analysis all right so that's great um colt if you google healing hans h-a-n-s you could bring up an article on this guy he's famous he's a famous guy i'm assuming he's in germany but he just became the stand-in um, S H A N S, not Z. Um, he just be, he became the go-to guy for a lot of big-name athletes, including um, Kobe Bryant was famous for going over there and and getting like knee treatments from from Hans. So, I mean, I think it means he's pulling out all the stops to try to get healthy. I'd say it's more. You're not going there if it was a cramp. I'll say that. I think I'm more pessimistic. Now I've now I'm coming around. I'm more pessimistic. I'm not less pessimistic. I don't think this is a great sign. I still think him being on his toes and moving his hamstring like that is a sign that he's fine. Colt, what do you think? You're 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 you've hurt your hamstring before. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's hard to assess the severity of a hamstring injury when he's sitting down is what i think what about the shadows and the lighting think that tells us anything um uh he's training during the day he's working on recovery Mm -hmm. during the day um i think this is more of a calf stretch than a hamstring no gordon on the on the i think he's just sitting yeah, he's just he's, he's just trying to he's trying to look cool for the picture. He wants to flex his calves. I I, I think this is vanity. I don't think this is anything else. What about the the product that's on the wall behind him? Like those those white objects? Like what is that? Can we zoom in on that? What do we think that is? Over his right shoulder. Oh. I'm not sure. What do you think's in that bottle? I'm looking at I'm looking at when uh I'm looking that's a red at bull. when the first I'm the red bull it's a red I'm bull confirming that's a red bull. Red really? bull. Okay, that's sugar. I think. That I'm means he's uh I take it back. I'm not confirming. I think it's a red bull. You think it's a red bull? Would you be drinking a red bull if you were in pain? What you don't know it's his red bull. 31 days. He needs to be able to run in 31 days. That's when the first round of the four hurdles is. That's more than enough time. So he doesn't really need to run the first round. The first round doesn't count because he can run that backwards. So really, when is the second round of the 400 hurdles? 32 days? He's got 32 uh, days. It's, it's the next day, yeah. He's got 32 days. I mean, people mentioned the chat. It, it did work for Bolt. It did. So, And they also say he's sponsored by Red Bull. So that would make sense. That he's getting sense all too. the sponsors in one photo. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I went too far in being pessimistic. Maybe I'm swinging a little bit back towards neutral because of the know. Red Bull, right? Because of the Red no, Bull. No, because 
No, because I'm thinking about he- I'm thinking about healing Hans. I'm not thinking at all about Red Bull. I'm not thinking about how his toes are on the ground. I'm thinking about him going to Germany 31 days, 32 days before he's got to start the World Championships and what, what that means. I just think it means it's not zero. Now, Bolt went there a bunch, but then he always was there at championship time. I don't know the exact timing of when Bolt went. Like, would he – off the top of my head, I don't know. Would it, would it be a month before? Would it be two months before? I'm not sure. But, again, still cause for concern that he would take the trip and need to have someone like that look at it. So He wouldn't drink Red Bull if he was hurt, for sure. But. Exactly. Well, he's, he's, yeah, I wonder, though, those Red Bull-sponsored athletes – like, what are your thoughts on Red Bull? Cole, you seem like an energy drink guy. I'm absolutely not. I, I don't drink energy drinks at all. Oh. I, don't even, I don't even drink coffee. I wonder I just I just wonder like if you got sponsored by something that you really didn't really enjoy enjoy drinking. Oh, you'd never know. You'd never know. You just put it in the picture, no right? Way. And then you Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's no way LeBron James drinks Sprite. Like that's not true. Sprite's awful. There's no way he drinks that. Why do you think okay, never mind. I was going to defend Sprite, but Sprite's I was bad. thinking they don't. Well, I think it's it bad or bad for you. I, the reason he wouldn't drink it, I would think more because it has a ton of sugar. and Yeah. Not the best thing for him to put in his body. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Good analysis there. That's all I got pretty much on Oslo. I mean, Karani, I have James one thing in the about 400. Oslo. I have one thing. 100, 100 is whatever. We need to talk about the women's. We need to talk about the women's 200 at Oslo. Go to women's 200. No, not the down, down, down. Right there. So let's bring up this start list of the women's 200 at the uh, – this is a diamond league. This is the best level of competition. The women's 200 has eight athletes and only two of them – no, two of them? Have broken 23 seconds this year. That is crazy. We're going to see a Diamond League 200 meter women's race with just yeah. a bunch of 23 second women and then a high 22 women. This might go down Most, as the worst Diamond League field ever assembled in the history of the Diamond League. There's been some rough ones, particularly in the 200 over the years, because Everybody likes to scratch and yeah, I had to double check. There's a diamond by this one, right? Yeah, this isn't just the 200 that gets thrown in there. I guess this is the result of all of the top people being, or most of the top people, U.S., Jamaica, and then their trials coming next week, and then Dina Asher Smith not running because the men's hundred's not good either, but it definitely has more recognizable people. Yeah, in this, like right, I've never heard any of these women. Kadari just ran in that 200 in Rome. Um, but, yeah, season best 22.83. PB. I mean, Dobbin. I've heard of Beth Dobbin. Beth Dobbin might win. 22.50. Jamil Samuel, I've heard. She's been around. I, I, th- there's definitely some people on here that uh, are not household names, to say the least. Yeah. But I would feel bad if I was a Diamond League that was right next to the global – like the – National Championship weekend for U.S. and Jamaica. That's tough. Yeah. Because you true. rely on a lot of those athletes to help strengthen the field. Because if you threw a Gabby Thomas in here and a Sharika Jackson, all of a sudden it's like, all right, awesome. We got a showdown between Gabby Thomas and Sharika Jackson. That's the yeah. story. Instead, you just got to, oh, let's keep going down the list. Keep going down the list. Who's available? Who's available? And then I think it kind of rolls downhill just because you can't get anybody in it. It's harder to then get the next to convince the next person to go. It's like, wait, I'm going to go all the way there to race who? Okay. Well, I could do that at home. I don't need to do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it's just like, there's someone is going to get like max amount of points for winning that one race. And someone who gets yeah. third in a race behind, you know, Sharika and Elaine Thompson, hurrah is getting less yeah. credit for their third place finish in that race versus winning this race. Yeah. So I just feel like whenever you see a really, really extremely weak field and vice versa, mm-hmm. extremely deep field, it makes you kind of rethink about how we 
scoring the meets because ultimately these races matter because it decides yeah. who gets to run in the final. And the final is, mm-hmm. you know, a potential, obviously, more prize money, potential to get a buy to Worlds. Uh, there's just a lot to that. And you you don't like it when these kind of wild card type moments can get kind of screwed up by seeing a women's 200 with just three women who've broken 23 seconds this year. And not yeah. even like that fast, like 23, 22 high. So mm-hmm. I was just interested seeing that, you know, We've been our eyes have been glued to all the women's sprint events all season long because of you know what the college women have been doing, obviously what the Jamaicans have been doing, and what some of the you know Shakari and Gabby Thomas and all the other top Americans have been doing. So to like first thing I did when I opened up the start list is I went to the women's two hundred and clicked on that event and I was like, You gotta be kidding me. There's nothing here. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why I'm a little wanna bring it up a little peeved about it because it's like, why have the event if you're not gonna have any of the stars that all are, you know, from us and Jamaica, but I get it. The trials for both countries are next week and they're probably all like, nah, we're good. Call us after we qualify for our, our world team. Yeah. All right. Let's do an update on some internet coach stuff. Do you remember T Roy who wrote in trying to qualify for the Olympic trials? Marathon. He wanted 217.59. I think it was one of the first submissions on uh, Internet Coach. And he was going to race a marathon on June 4th in Stockholm. An update. He says, um, thanks for the advice. In quotes, I really appreciate it. I will say I think Colt's water advice was, in fact, the most helpful. <laughs> Cold out here just changing lives. Thank you. Thank you. So I failed. 2.22.26 is my time. 19 seconds off my PR and over four minutes off Olympic trials qualifier. I'm actually not too disappointed with the result because this is a course with 730 feet of elevation and it starts in the hottest part of the day in June. So I know I have a couple more minutes on a fast course. Uh, he attached a screenshot of his splits. He started my watch early, so I was unsure about how fast I was going. Just ran what felt easy. The clock at 5K ended up saying 15.38. So quite a bit too fast, which I maybe paid for later. Went through the half a bit faster, uh, but about correct. Um, I did finish two places ahead of a guy who ran 217 mid in Hamburg this April and 216.45 in Valencia. So this shows I'm in good shape to hit my goal in good conditions. This brings me to the advice I took from y'all. The water advice is obviously gold. I'm also taking Gordon's race advice. So I will do Amsterdam in the fall. Then if that doesn't work out, maybe another shot in Valencia. He says, you interpreted my training schedule a bit wrong. Remember he said he raced every weekend? And we're like, no, that can't be it. He says, I really race every weekend. (laughs) In Europe, (laughs) there are enough road races to do this. I understand why you're confused by this because it is unconventional. But solo marathon workouts are so hard. 16-mile marathon tempo is miserable, but racing a half marathon is easy. Every weekend is maybe an exaggeration. But in an 18-week marathon build, I'll probably race 13 to 15 of these weekends. It's easier to race than to do a workout. So have a midweek workout and then race on Saturday or Sunday and a weekly long run, midweek, medium, long, and a bunch of easy doubles. If you think I should change this training approach for Amsterdam, let me know. No, man, my position is I'm never going to discourage people from racing too much. It doesn't matter if you're a pro athlete or if you're riding an internet coach. Racing <laughs> is fun. Obviously, don't, uh, we do don't it. overdo we it. run for yeah. races. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he says, thanks again for giving me advice in the first place. Sorry, I couldn't keep your coaching record of getting people to the Olympic trials at 100%, but maybe if I come back in the fall, you'll end up batting 1,000 at one for one. Cheers. So good update there. It does make um, sense, like, you know, depending on his, like, situation, training for a marathon is, like, mentally challenging because you have to put so many miles on your feet, on your legs, yeah. and time out on the roads. And, like... It makes sense. If you have to do an 18 miler by yourself, just listening to a podcast in whenever mm-hmm. in the, in the morning, and you can kind of change that to be like a, a fun little, all right, I'm, I'm going, there's a, there's a big crowd putting on a bib and you're doing it now with a group of the community. They yeah, can make yeah. those 18 milers, those 12 milers just feel easier because, you know, mentally your brain is more stimulated with the excitement of yeah. being in a race. So in a way it makes sense. That should be like a, that could be a business model. Putting on races 
for people's long runs where they're like, are you tired of doing your long runs by yourself with no one around? And no, Wait, you did know, you just invent and, a training group? Yeah, or just no, no, it's a not a training, training group. group. It's not a training group. We put on races that so you're able to kind of tackle your long runs, not by yourself, and then not in a training atmosphere, but it's like a fun little fake race atmosphere. Because I would have more fun running a 5K when it's associated to a race than just going out and running a 5K. I'm so like instead of an air instead of an Airbnb, a whole bunch of rooms grouped together on like five or six stories, and there's like a concierge, like one person who controls it. Maybe there's a continental yeah. breakfast. And yeah, something like that. What do we call it? What do we call it? I don't know. Something starts with the letter H or something. <laughs> Hotel. No, I think uh, racing a bunch, and also you get used to racing, even though you're not going full out, but you get used to that routine, and you have like yeah. positive experiences. I think that's good as opposed to. I'm only going to touch the starting line maybe for one half marathon as a buildup. And then again, on race day, like going through all that, waking up early, figuring out what you, you know, can eat, getting used to, if you're not used to it. Yeah. Getting well on the schedule and, and being okay with things not going exactly to your plan. Cause you control your long run. You control completely that there's a little bit of variability to it, which I think is a good thing to practice. All right, I want to go to another person, another update. Matthew, remember he wrote in, Gordon? 800, you gave him the workouts to run. I gave I him did. the race plan. Colt gave him some advice. I think it was probably about water because that seems to be Colt's jam. Um, <laughs> he went and ran it. He went and ran it and he filmed it. Let's see. Okay, it. so you self-filmed it too because he yeah, put the – I think he's going the wrong way around the track. Well, he's going the wrong way around the track, I think. Maybe not though. Uh, he could have the camera on selfie mode, so it looks oh, like he's okay. going the wrong way. There's no way he would run the opposite direction. That makes no sense. I know it just looks weird turning right though. All right, so here he is, final home stretch. Uh, it's a bit blurry, but you can see time on the clock. I don't remember what exactly his goal time is, but hey, I give him credit for just going out there and doing it by himself. Just one one guy in a camera. Cross the line, two oh nine twenty five. I'd like to thank Colt. <laughs> For digesting Gatorade instead of water. <laughs> I'd like to thank Kevin for the impeccable race plan. And Gordon, I'd like to get a wind conversion on that. <laughs> wind so conversion. 5.8 wind on a 209? 5.8. Yeah, that's what he said. 5.8 meters per second. Uh, I don't know if you know it's at your back, at your front, swirling all around. That was awesome. Thank you for sending that video. That's terrific. I mean, 400 meters of his running, he's running into a 5.8 wind. It's a lot. So I think you could take off four seconds. You don't get more from running with the wind behind you than you lose going into wind. So four, four seconds. Yeah. Uh, a second per 100 meters. So he really, in a, on a perfect day, he's running 205. Love it. Give us another update later on. Matthew, get back to training. Let us know how it goes. All right, there's a couple new ones I want to get to. Um, there's two of them, all right? So, and the reason I'm doing them now is because they're time sensitive. They have, they have races coming up. This one's from Rick. I'm a 41-year-old male who has run almost 30 marathons since I turned 20. I started running in college to get in shape and built up to marathons pretty quickly. In my life, I have raced less than 10 5Ks and have all, and they have all been road races. I recently signed up for my first 5K on the track in July. So he's doing this sort of the opposite way of a pro would do it, right? Like they would be yeah. running on the track and then moving up to, to marathons. He said he it's like ran Benjamin in college. Button of track and field. Yes. My 5K PB is 18.58, and I said it when I was 30 years old. At that time, I had been coaching a girls' high school cross-country team for three years, and that era is when I set most of my PBs in road races under 10 miles. I recently ran the Boston Marathon, did not go as planned. I had the worst marathon I've ever raced quotes, in almost 10 years, running 3.38. My hope is the 5K scheduled uh, to be July 27th. We'll get some speed in my legs and mix up my training. The 5K is going out in heats based on your 5K PB. I'm old. 
and theoretically should be on the decline, but I started running when I was 20 to get in shape and didn't become serious until I was 30 in coaching high school. I set my marathon PB when I was 39 and recently ran a 128 half marathon uh, in my build to Boston. I think I have some PBs left to set before I turn 45. Question for the internet coaches. He's got four of them here. What should my weekly mileage be in order to build up for 5K? I currently have time to fit in 70 miles per week when in a marathon build. Two, give me a typical week. How many days on the track, in the gym, and on the roads? Three, should I invest in super spikes? I'm going to, yes, I'm going to answer that one right now. I'm not even going to come back to that one. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what your budget is, but yes. Go for it. That's the answer. Why not? You only live once. Uh, should, should I go for a PB? I'm signed up to be in a heat pace for sub 19. Yes. So answer those last two questions. Yes. Get the super spikes. Go for a PB. Why not? Surprise yourself. Think about all the amazing, at the highest levels of sport, think about how amazing it is when you see somebody at the tail end of their career pull out an incredible performance. So if they can do it, competing against the best of the best, you can do it, right? You can run your fastest 5K when you're 42. There's no rule that says you can't. Age is a number. Go for it. Bernardo the Gat was still killing it way into his, you know, Meb. You know, I go on and on. Shelly and Fraser Price, they're all, they're all great. Um, all right. What do you think weekly mileage though? He's, he currently has time for 70. Yeah. I honestly say like 10. think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my weekly mileage, you, you don't, you don't want what I would actually do. Uh, I honestly think you don't want to, it depends on how, like how much you're really trying to like focus on like the speed of the 5k. Cause if you're yeah. going to incorporate a lot of like, hard workouts the need to like keep your mileage up won't be as strong because you're you're gonna be you know i mean training yeah. as like a not uh, as like a novice 5k runner is very different from training as like an elite 5k runner two different worlds so i think your mileage should kind of match with the amount of hard efforts you're doing workout wise so if you're gonna do two hard workouts one and a half to two hard workouts a week you probably only need to be doing like 40 to 50 miles, in my opinion, maybe 50. But if you're going to do less hard workouts, then stay at the 60 to 70 range. All right. And the second part, typical week, how many days on the track, in the gym, and on the roads? So the one thing I'd be cautious of, because you're coming out from a marathon perspective, you don't want to do too much speed and get hurt. You don't want to yes. rip off a set of 8 by 200 off the bat i would grad like i would start off with some mile reps right near maybe even a little bit slower than goal pace see how your body handles it and then add in some maybe a couple light strides as well too in addition to what you're what you're doing on the, the strength side you know the longer stuff clearly you can handle longer stuff because you've been doing it for a while now like that that's your bread and butter but sometimes people can take the pounding of all those miles but then you do eight by 400 and you're wrecked. Yeah. You get hurt. And that's, that's no fun. So I would start off with like longer. I'd play to your strengths, which is your strength. It appears. I'd start out with longer sessions. I don't even know if you'd want to even do them on the track. Maybe, you know, three by mile, stuff like that. And then if you're handling it, okay, just a inch up a little bit of speed. I mean, if you want to go, what is his time that he wants? So it's 1858. So if he's going for a PB, I mean, six minute mile is 1838, 1836, something like that. So yeah, do some mile reps at, do a mile rep at six, a couple at six with, with three or four minutes recovery. See how that, that goes. Um, yeah. One of those, maybe a tempo, keep the long run in the gym. I mean, do you want to be a dunker too? Then Gordon can give you some, some box jumps. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change. Honestly, I wouldn't change a ton. I would just sprinkle in a little bit of speed, a little bit more speed, just a little bit at first. Cause you're obviously still in really good shape. Yeah. And I agree with you. Don't overdo the speed. Your marathon training is very different from 5k training when it comes to like, just like your, your must, your, you, I, I think you need to be able to reteach your legs what 5K pace is because yeah. 5K pace, the first mile of a 5K is very different from the first mile of a marathon. 
Yeah. So you just need to find ways to figure out what your target mile pace is of the 5K. I'm guessing it's six minutes, right? Is this a, that's basically what he needs to run? Six oh, he goes slower than that. He goes slower than that. A little bit slower. Yeah, he goes he go like 605s and still get it. 605. Yeah. But like you need to do as many in all your workouts, you need to train your legs to know what 605 pace is as often as possible. Yeah. So however you do you the workouts. You want to go a little Yeah. 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 You just need you to go a little bit under that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You just need and like you, with that it. level of with that level of fitness, you know, you you don't need to run a 70 second quarter because you're never going to touch that in a Now is that good speed training? Yeah, great, but for the purposes of just getting a 5k PB, running an 85, running 530 pace is way quicker than you're going to go yeah. in in a race and there's a high level of risk to that if you do that for a bunch of 800s or something. So I would do maybe 3 by mile or and then one week maybe 5 by a k the other week and then just see how it goes and then keep all your other stuff relatively similar do a nice tempo do a long run I, I agree with you on that mileage stuff maybe bring it down to 50 just to give your body a little bit more time to recovery i got the one hamstring injury i had the one the re- only real injury i had post like college was when i thought i was in training for 5ks again and did five by mile or something trained for a half marathon and ripped the last one just because I was like, yeah. I want to see how fast I can go. And it was slightly downhill. And I was like, wait a minute. Why did I do that? That was really stupid because I'm not 18. I'm not 22 anymore. And why did I need to go that much faster than, I don't know. I probably ran five fifty or, you know, what even that fast, but it's like, I wasn't going to run that in the race. So what am I doing? Like, why would I, yeah. like, what was the purpose of that? And it, Jacked up my hamstring. Any event. All right. When you sat down, got- could you uh, could you go on your toes when you sat down? Well, yes. And I think if things go wrong, he should go see he fly to Germany and see Healing Hans. That's the story. All right. One more. Because uh, this one is June twenty fourth is the race. So this is the oh, last minute advice here for yeah for Rob. So this might June twenty fourth. That's is this person running USA's? Yeah. It's actually Grant Fisher is the person's name. Uh, Hello, Kevin and Gordon. I have a coaching request for you. I'm in my low 20s. Found an all-comers track meet that runs every Friday for the rest of June. Some backstory. I enjoy exercise. In 2022, I've been riding my bike about 115 miles a week. I've been running about 10 miles a week. This is your guy here, Gordon. Last year, off less running and more riding. He was able to run 434, 1600 time trial off of less running and more riding. So less than 10 miles a week. There's a 1500 at the meets and some winning times I've seen end up being around the 418 ish mark. I know I'm not in quite as good a shape as last year, but I would love to target the June 24th meet and try to take the win in the 1500. I love it. I have a nasty kick. What advice do you have to make it happen? Side note, Thursday nights involve a non-negotiable country dance hall that goes late into the night and involves alcohol. If you have any recovery techniques for this, I'm all ears as well. Well, as you know, Gordon doesn't recover well from things like that. That might be it. And I don't do that stuff anymore. So that might be as long as you're not doing a pod the question. next day, you're good. Yeah, maybe Colt can answer that. But all right, very low mileage, wants to win in all comers. This is terrific. I love it. Um, so he's gonna get he's gonna get drunk the night before because he says every Thursday he has to mm-hmm. go out before this Friday race. Yeah, so maybe don't Are do we- that this one this one night. Well, it says non-negotiable. I like that. He's like, late, no, you're not. This is a priority. Late into the night and involves alcohol. Okay, well, let's start with that first. Colt? Yes. Can you help on that part? Can you help on that question? Well, have you seen those things where, uh, like, the rich comedians get IV bags in the morning after they've partied all night? I think maybe no. this. I think this is what you need to do. You need to go to one of those IV services, get your blood figured out, and you'll be fine. You won't have a hangover the next day. Huh? That's a good That point. is n- – yeah, that will get you flagged by USADA. So as long as you're not uh, competing for no, a didn't, world didn't, order, didn't life. realize that. Sorry, take that back. Uh, no, it's know. okay. I don't think he's going. If he's running four eighteen, I think he's he's good. Any other lower budget suggestions, Colt? Pedialyte, Gatorade. <laughs> just constantly I mean, for every one one drink, one Pedialyte. Yeah, just have it with you in the bar. People will think it's cool. We, 
we joke about Colt's contribution to internet coaching, but like, you ain't wrong. If you're going to be drinking the night before a race, drink a lot of water while you're drinking the alcohol. Or just dance more. He says he's going to a dance hall. Just keep dancing until you're not drunk anymore, yeah. and then you can go home. You will be tired from the dancing, though. I don't know if we're talking about that as a factor as well. Yeah, that, that could hurt. Listen, I mean, we got late advice here, obviously, because this, this race is going to happen in, in a week. So I don't know what can help you more. You're already only running 10 miles a week. So I'd say any amount of running is probably going to, in the longer term is going to help you. I almost think of it in the opposite way of, of the other emailer where you're, you're young, right? And you want to run the mile fast. Add in a couple quick snappy sessions. Add in some twos, right? Not a ton of mileage, but get your legs turning over. You're on the bike a lot. Probably got a decent endurance base. That's that's what I got. That's my best stuff. Yeah. You're you're young enough that you're not going to hurt yourself by running quick on track, like 200 or 400. So run something and quick. And if you are, just go back to biking. Yeah, exactly. Or here's what you – this is more of a race tactics question now because we're a week out, right? Yeah. Don't take the lead until the last 100. That's what you should do. So we can't really give you a workout in nine days that's going to help you. But we can tell you what to do at the bar the night before. Colt handled that pretty well. And we can tell you tactics-wise. And buy super shoes as well. So th those are three things that you can do. Speaking of tactics, this is an all-comers meet. So there's going to be Don't people... Don't be an Ingebrigtsen. Be a Centro. Yeah. There's going to be people in this race who are not going to be race savvy. There's going to be people who think they are fitter than they are in this race. Mm -hmm. Because it's... Right. So be prepared for there to be maybe one to two people who run out of their comfort level way too yeah. early. Yeah. And know that they're going to come back to you. Because sure. be prepared for there to be a, like... Try to be in second place of the chase pack because that chase pack will catch the guys who are up front going out too hard in the opening 600s. They'll fall back. They won't have a kick in the final 300. Yeah. Don't try to go with the leader. Try to go with where the, the pack goes and but trust that tell. they will come back to you. You can tell a little bit. It's all he he's trying to go for the it. win. He might overthink it and be like, all right, I'm going for the win. I got to be in second place the entire time. Yeah, yeah. I guess I should. Yeah, no, no. That's that's good advice too. Within reason, don't run. Out of, but I'm saying don't lead until you have to. That's that's my thing. Just hang don't on until you have to. It's a famous quote. Yeah, yeah. T-shirt. Don't lead until you have my, to. My my coach used to say, "You lead, you lose." That's just sort of the the way it goes. Like don't don't do any extra work. But you're right. There's you're not going to have a detailed bio of everybody in the race you're not going to know their strengths and weaknesses you're not going to know who's running who's going to run a, a minute positive split in a 1500 so don't be stupid but also you don't get an award for leading after three laps so if your goal is to win sit 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 again channel your inner centro you don't need to do a ingebrigtsen mid-race move you don't need to be oliver Hoare out there you don't need to be Stuart mcswain right just wait Wait, wait. Even if it feels slow. Yeah, even if it feels slow, if you're racing to win and not for the time, then don't even worry about that if it feels slow. Trust your kick. I'm starting to feel like I do a good job. This is bad. I'm like starting to think <laughs> that I'm, like I'm actually qualified now uh, for this stuff. And people are writing in, so that makes My me My one nice. last right. Hail Mary suggestion is get a buddy who Ooh. you who's your friends with get him to get this into the race like and pay him 20 bucks buy him a beer at the bar the night before at this whatever mandatory drinking session yeah Say, hey I like man this. i need you to come in the race and tell him to control it by going to the front slowing it down not letting and basically letting him control pace of the race so you can be set up for victory so basically go in there and collude but, with another rabbit. a rabbit no you're not colluding it's a rabbit mean. or you yeah, it's a hey, rabbit that me. only he knows is rabbiting that's kind of a little well, no no you just say hey 
whatever pace you're going to run, find a buddy who can run that for 800 and then say, Hey, can you run with me for 800 just so I stay on pace? And then they can, you know, then they can either step off or they can just start jogging. It's all comers. So I'm sure there's going to be people running slower than that person. That's a good idea too. So money that you need to spend, Pedialyte, super spikes, a buddy for rabbiting. What you gain with that investment is the pride of winning an all-comers 1500 in 418. And that, my friend, you'll never forget about the rest of your life. It'll be (laughs) worth it. Send us photos. Send us a race recap. All right. Appreciate everybody writing in. Uh, Remember the email is flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Guess my PR or internet coach. You can put that in there uh, in the subject line. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. Oslo Diamond League recap coming at uh, after that meet in Oslo. Um, 3 p.m. Central. Is that what we're saying? I think it's 3. Yeah, 3. 3 p.m. Central. Um, Yeah, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks, Colt.